Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 4th, 2019. Today's sermon is given by Amy Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon topic today is, I Cannot Fathom It, Trying to Make Sense of It All. We have moved from the time for this, the time for that portion of this most famous chapter of Ecclesiastes, and the old preacher seems to be wrapping things up about this topic. God has made everything suitable for its time. He wants to convince himself that this is true, but then you can hear him wrestling within himself, trying to figure it all out. He put everything into categories. He made it very neat. He made his list of things all in an effort to make sense out of life. And even though he is trying to package it very nicely for us to be able to understand, even after pairing everything up succinctly, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate. You get the sense that he's trying to wrap all this up and put a really nice bow on top of it. God has made everything suitable for its time. The end. Amen. But then he can't get out of his own head. I totally get that because I can't get out of my own head either. I hear him still trying to make sense of it all because he goes on to say after God has made everything suitable for its time, he says, God has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet they can't find out what God's done from the beginning to the end. I mean, that's what he says. I'm not making this up, and I totally get him. God has put a sense of past and future into your minds, but then you can't know what God has done from the beginning to the end. That's the ugliest bow I've ever seen on any package trying to be wrapped up. In other words, what he is saying is God has given us the capacity to understand at a pretty high level, and even that is not enough to begin to fathom God. All this work to try and make sense of it all, only only to be left in the end with more mystery than anything else, is a bit frustrating. We like to be in the know. We like for things to make sense. And let's face it, there is more unknown than known about who God is and how God works. I hear the preacher of Ecclesiastes struggling a bit here, believing that God has given us the capacity to know so much for so much to still be beyond our knowing. Sometimes I miss my old ways of faith. And sometimes I envy the people who proclaim faith with such certainty in such detail. They seem to know exactly what heaven is going to be like and who's going. They also seem to know exactly what hell is like. And they seem to relish in the idea that some people are going there. 
They seem to understand the heart and will of God in ways that seem unknowable to me. The goal is to have the answer for every question that arises, and then they turn to the Bible for those answers without ever bringing a question to the Holy Scriptures. And if I'm honest, I miss that. I know it so well. I was at a funeral recently where the level of certainty was proclaimed in a way that blew my mind. And I knew that way of faith so well that I could have preached the eulogy for him. It is embedded so deep within me in ways that will never leave me. And yet the old preacher resonates within me these days. As much as I know, there is so much more that I don't know about God and how God is at work among us and within us. If you've come here to find the answers, I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. If you've come to wrestle with and contend with the struggles of trying to make sense of it all, of it all then welcome home. I stand with the preacher of Ecclesiastes in a desire to make sense of it all and an acknowledgement that I really can't fathom it at all. Week before last, I was the pro proclaimer for the week of youth camp that is called Unidiversity. Until you have preached for 420 teenagers for a solid week, you have not truly lived. It is intimidating, it is exhausting, it's scary, and it's wonderful. The text for our week together was Psalm 139. The leaders of the week chose the international standard version to use for our week together. That version translates this familiar psalm this way. Lord, you have examined me, you have known me. You know when I rest and when I'm active. You understand what I'm thinking when I'm distant from you. You scrutinize my life and my rest. You are familiar with all my ways. Even before I have formed a word with my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You encircle me from back to front, placing your hand on me. Knowledge like this is too amazing for me. It is beyond my reach. I cannot fathom it. And thus, a theme for the week was born. Trying to fathom who God is and what God does and does not do. And trying to fathom how God relates to us and how God thinks of us and knows us. We spent the week trying to make sense of the things we honestly, simply cannot fathom. So let me give you a taste of my preaching style to young people. For those of you that were there, my deepest apologies for having to hear it twice. You can't, you can't use a pulpit or a manuscript. It's rude. <laughs> Here's how I started the week. Things that I cannot fathom. The depth of the ocean. Can you fathom that? It's deep. Like, real deep. Like if you put Mount Everest in the ocean, it will still be underwater deep. 
I cannot fathom that. I can't fathom how an airplane stays in the air. Granted, I know nothing about engineering or physics, but it's heavy metal and it flies in the air. There are lots of buttons and knobs and dials. It stays in the air while it flies. I cannot fathom that. The universe. I can't fathom the universe. We are such a tiny speck in the universe. And when I think out beyond my knowing and how big it is, it really hurts my head and scares me to death. I cannot fathom the universe. Quantum physics. That's all I'm going to say about them. I can't fathom how the brain works. Like, I can think a thought and give it words. Isn't that wild? Okay, your eyes can turn light waves into pictures that we see. I mean, I can't fathom that. Color. Have you ever thought about Like when I look at red and I call it red, when you look at it and call it red, are we seeing the same thing? Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you are chuckling like, I don't like thinking about stuff like this, Amy. (laughs) But like, are you seeing yellow, but you've learned to call it red? Are we seeing the same color? Do you think about these things? I can't fathom how our brain works. Einstein's theory of relativity. Now, there are a lot of people that can fathom that. I'm not one of them. I'm telling you the things that I can't fathom, and that's one that I can't fathom. Birth and growth of a fetus that turns into an infant, that turns into a toddler, that turns into a child, that turns into an adult. I have done this three times. And for those of you that know we have two sons, you're going, what? Is there something I don't know? No, I did it once myself. I grew in my mother's womb. I was born. I was a a child, a baby, an infant, a toddler, a child. I became a teenager, an adult. How did that happen? I cannot fathom it. And then I've done it twice myself. Like, that was hard work. I did it. I was there. And I cannot fathom. It is a miracle. I can't fathom how the Egyptians built the pyramids. Now, some people started trying to explain that to me, and I will not hear it, because they didn't have power tools or machinery or cranes. And even after you watch the documentaries about how they did it, I still can't fathom it. Forty-ton stones placed at the bottom of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, where all the religion, all three Abrahamic religions are built. Those stones were put there. I can't fathom how they did that. I can't fathom that 50 years ago, we landed on the moon and walked on it. I mean, seriously, we did that. I have watched... The documentary about how that is, uh, um, oh, what's it called? Conspiracy. I've watched the conspiracy theory, 
And there've been a few moments where I think Russ believes in the conspiracy because it was so believable. But I want to stand today and say, I think we have walked on the moon and I cannot fathom that we did that. I cannot fathom that Elon Musk, who's a little bit unfathomable, says that he is going to build a colony on Mars. I cannot fathom that. How many of you would like to go if he does it? I cannot fathom you. Don't go. Please don't go. The time won't work out right. You'll get back. You'll be like younger than everybody. It won't, it's not going to work out. Don't go. Okay? By the way, many more youth raised their hands that they would go <laughs> than you all did. Many more. I went on to tell them that I hope that they would let their minds wonder with unfathomable things for the weak. And I encouraged them to discuss these things amongst themselves because there was no telling what we would learn. Though I still don't want anybody explaining to me quantum physics. But then I told them there were four things that I cannot fathom about God. And that that was what we were going to spend our week working on. I cannot fathom how much God knows me, like really, really knows me. These all come right out of that Psalm 139. I cannot fathom that I am never alone, that God is always with me. I cannot fathom how God pulled all of this together with such creative genius. And I cannot fathom how we would do this if we were not in community together. And then I turned the page and said, except I can fathom it a little bit because I have experienced all of those things. I have experienced that feeling of being totally known by God, never alone or forsaken by God, wonderfully made and beautifully created by God in a sense that we are in this calling known as faith together. And I encourage them to dive deep. You get it? Dive to fathom is a measurement of depth. I encourage them to dive deep this week to go beneath the surface in hopes that we might fathom the depths of faith that are so rich and full and real. My goal was to get their attention with a little humor and a little honesty so that hopefully they would open up to me or to their youth ministers with their questions and their wonderings and their doubts. I had hoped that they would explore their own faith journey, becoming more comfortable with mystery And that their search for truth would lead them not so much to a place of certainty, but to a depth of understanding. I hoped that the exploration would enrich their lives of faith. We have been granted the capacity to know so much. It is completely fair to ask then, how can so much still be so unknown to us? The relationship of faith and doubt are closely linked. And I wanted the young people to become comfortable with the delicate dance of understanding and mystery. I hope that's why you have all come here today. To try and make sense of it all. Knowing that we're trying to do something 
that is impossible and unfathomable. unfathomable. So that night in our church group devotion, I asked our young people to name something that they could not fathom in the, in the realm of like how deep is the ocean or how big is the universe. I wanted to hear everybody's thing that they couldn't fathom like that. And then I asked them to name something spiritual that they could not fathom. It was fascinating to hear their thoughts. I'll go ahead and give you warning in our talk back today. That's my first question. I want to hear some things that you cannot fathom about God. To put it out there. And no one needed to offer answers. No one made fun of each other. We just each named that which we cannot comprehend. And we left it at that. That is so difficult for me. I wanted to offer responses that would calm their fears of the unknown. I wanted to offer answers that would better explain God as if God needs that from me. But I resisted the urge and I left their unfathomable, unfathomables out there, placed gently in our circle of trust and faith, believing that God was the one most pleased with our questions. Two nights later, I was asked to join six girls from another church with their leader. They were struggling. I had preached the tough night that night, the hard, difficult night of naming their stuff that is so, you, ugh, you cannot know how tough it is today on young people. And so I named their stuff, and that obviously stirred some stuff. And they invited me to sit in their circle, and they started telling me about their anxiety and their depression and their loneliness and the medications that they take that they don't think are working. They talked about how they felt different. They talked about how they didn't have the support of their parents. They talked about their thoughts of suicide. They were crying. Their arms were around each other. The one that had the most to say could not even sit in our circle on the floor. She just paced as she talked. And they kept asking me, why would God make them feel this way? And why wouldn't God take this pain away from them? I didn't leave this question out there. I did give a response. And my response was for them to change their language about God for them and for them to encourage all of the adults in their lives to do the same. Life handed them these messes. Not God. It's not God's to take away because God had not caused it, nor had God allowed it. Life did that. And I told them that I was so sorry that life had done this to them. And I told them, your youth minister is right here in this circle with you. I am right here in this circle with you. We are right here together in this circle with you. And God is with us. I saw little light bulbs go off. 
little ahas of a simple recognition that maybe God was not some grand puppeteer pulling the strings, which if you listen to people's language about God, that seems to be what people believe about God. Why isn't God doing something about something? Why aren't you? God is calling you to do something about loneliness, anxiety, depression, medications, feeling different. God is calling you to step in when someone is feeling so desperate that they are considering taking their own lives. What do we want God to do about that? If not to call us to action, to do it ourselves and recognize that God is with us every step of the way. I'm still trying to make sense of it all. I guess that's what I'll spend the rest of my life doing. But I do it in the context of faith that the most unfathomable of all, God, is with me. I can't let today go without saying on my list of things that I cannot fathom is why hate is so prevalent. If we are created by God and called and named God's beloved, if there is a divine spark that dwells within each of us, and I believe that is true, then I cannot fathom being so guided and fueled by hate that someone would pick up a gun and randomly kill people, often targeting people of race, or religion as the motivator. I cannot fathom why we as a nation are not doing every single thing we can do to stop this kind of madness. I cannot fathom why we so quickly move to our corners of partisan divide. I, I can't fathom that. Can you? It makes no sense. The list of things that I cannot fathom and try to make sense of is so long. There's so much that I don't understand. There is so much that I do understand. That we are in this together. Beautifully and wonderfully made by a God who knows us intimately. And we have been called to change the world. I understand that. And that's what I hang on to on days like today. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.